Father, we thank you for fresh revelation, God. We thank you that we're in a house, God, that preaches fresh revelation, God. We don't twist it by man's opinion, Father, that you have a word for us in every season and every time that we call upon you, God. And the words you bring, God, they're not just for the people out there in religion, God. They're for us, God. And I ask that we eat these words, God. Let them be flesh in us, God. Let the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation come, God. Rest upon us, Father, so that we don't hear things and figure things out in our carnal mind, God, but that we receive them from you, God. Thank you, Father. So the name of this message is New Foundation. Because first, I think God, it's, he's not really planning a new foundation. It's kind of his original foundation, and it's in one of the books where he says God's doing a new thing, but it's really not a new thing. It's an old thing. It's how things are always supposed to be. And God was showing me that there's going to be this. Shane was saying a lot of stuff that was kind of, I think God's really focusing on some stuff. God's going to start releasing some messages in this season that are going to be essential for us in this room to grasp and to be flesh in us in order to keep going where the vision is going. For all of us, we have to eat these messages and have a new, and God was showing me, we really got to understand the spirit of revelation and how it works and how to ask for it because believing something is true and having a revelation of it is completely, it's two different things because a lot of people think, you know, they believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, but they don't have a revelation. Like when Jesus told Peter, he's like, God revealed that to you. And, it, and it, you can tell because there's the fruits of revelation, because you can feel God speaking to you. It's not just this. That's a true story. Yeah. Because you ever hear people that are in apologetics and they try to argue the truth and the artifacts and the archaeology, but there's no revelation from heaven. That's what separates religion from the remnant from people that hear the voice of God. And Paul prayed for this for the Ephesian church. It's Ephesians chapter 1, 17 through 19. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of His calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Our whole destiny, our whole understanding of him is wrapped up in the spirit of revelation and whether or not we can really receive it. And we're also, I'm going to go into some things about identity because I think that's really the word in this hour that and it's interesting, too, about Revelation, because how many times have we heard, oh, God, we're a temple of the Lord, God's in you, we're all one. But then when like the revelation comes from it, and that's when things become flesh on dry bones. Like when Shane preached that in Brazil, it was like a, something cracked in the, from the heavens down to earth, and then it was like it was, God was backing that thing. And that's why that was so powerful. And I also want to talk about, too, about the, with the new foundation of the people that God is going to start using and who thinks we are being used. I was going to, I'll put it like this. Like God is going to start, for the remnant, it's going to be people 
who hate the world and hate religion. Because right now in the church, sometimes you don't really know where people stand. Like we love God, we love a little religion, we don't really hate everything of the world yet. But God, I think he's using all these things that are going on in the world right now. For one, for people to really hate the world where they're just getting this, and a lot of people are, and I don't even know if they're born again yet, but they're getting this feeling of the world, I'm starting to hate this world. But they also hate religion because they've seen religion, and that's the people that God is going to start to woo, the ones that aren't even born again yet, and those are going to be grafted into the remnant. Because we have people in the church right now that, like I said, they love a little of the world, they have a little religion, they don't really understand like the severity of things that are coming and how serious God is going to start to get with his remnant. And it all kind of, for people that were, you know, were already in the church and God was kind of talking to me about, I was going to preach it later, but I think I'm going to go to it right now. It's when John the Baptist told the Pharisees, he said, say not to yourselves that you have Abraham as your father. Because he could perceive the Pharisees, like, you're preaching to us. We believe in God. We got the promises. We descended from Abraham. And that, that's, like, that's, like, that's like a spirit that can be on people who are in a church, who can be in this room, who can be around an apostolic church that has a spiritual father. And we can say, I'm around the anointing. I'm around an anointed man. Don't, this message is oh, let me go share this message with my family member. Let me go share this message with... And it's like, first it's for us to be flesh on us before we're so quick to send it out. And Esau had that exact same kind of spirit. He's like, oh, Isaac's my father. I'm getting the inheritance. He didn't even really think it was a big thing when he came into agreement with Jacob to give it up. I don't, it didn't even dawn on him till later when he thought he was out doing the will of his father, hunting. And God was like, no. I'm going to switch this on you, and I'm going to give it to Jacob. Because Esau was just like, well, God said, I get the inheritance. But it's like, he only believed it in his carnal mind, but he didn't have like a, of how precious it was and how he had to guard that thing. Okay, I jumped ahead to that because that was kind of where I was going. But um, So also with this new foundation that God... Is talking about, and Paul talked about it again in Ephesians in chapter 2. He said, um, For through him we, have, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So there he's showing us the whole, how it looks when it's perfectly done. As God was showing me this week, there's people who all they say they need is Jesus, but Jesus says you need the apostles and the prophets and the whole body, so they're really rejecting Jesus. But if you go to Jesus with the whole revelation of who he is, he starts giving you revelation of how his church works. And the thing God was showing me about the titles, apostles and prophets, and even everything in the fivefold, but here he said apostles and prophets. Why the titles are important People, we all know people manipulate the titles. They always want to introduce themselves as such and such. 
And the titles are actually for the real true prophets and apostles who are getting amongst the sheep, and you actually can start to get familiar with them. And that's why God has those titles for them, so that when they speak, you don't no longer see them as a friend or someone you're hanging out with, but God's like, now this is my apostle and prophet, receive him. Because you really don't need that title. Like when you go out, say God sent you to another church. People kind of get excited because they don't really have a familiar spirit with that person, so you don't really need the title, I think. They're just excited to receive a word from a new person. They don't have any familiar thing with it. But it's when you know the person, and then you can start taking all their words for granted. Like you know they're an apostle or a prophet, but you don't really have like this revelation. Like God gave them this office, and now when they're speaking, we go against the carnal mind of how we know them in the flesh, how we are familiar with them, and we get this thing we're okay. This is an apostle and a prophet speaking because that's how the whole church is going to be established. And if we forget that, it's not the worship of man because people will twist that, but God said, well, Jesus is the first stone and then he puts the next ones, the apostles and the prophets. And so if you love Jesus, then you listen to these men with that mantle on them. Okay. Then... I'm going to start, I'm going to get into, um, well, you know, the word of the hour about things that really need to be revealed, because we, these are things we hear all the time, but I don't think we have like a true revelation of them. Like, what is offense? We hear it, don't get offended. What does it mean to guard your heart? What does it mean to not exalt yourself above the word of God? Like, we've heard those things hundreds of times, but there's a revelation that has to be behind it where you really guard your heart and you really don't exalt your circumstances above the word of God and you really fight offense because offense isn't just being annoyed, irritated, frustrated. It's usually the people that act like they're none of those things are the most offended because they're trying to put on this thing like, oh, nothing bothers me. I'm easy going. But on the inside, you can feel something and you're like, okay. So offense, really what God was showing me, it's really when you you, tell, you think in your heart, or in your mind, it goes in your heart, and you think that person no longer deserves the cross that I get from Jesus, but that person doesn't get it. And then it's so demonic because we're getting all these identity messages. So God wants us to view ourselves as a, having divine nature as the temple of God, and then we switch that around, and then we have to view them. But once you're offended with them, you, don't even, you can't even give them the cross. And that's why offense is so demonic. And when it starts brewing, you're, you're in, the, in the swampy waters. Because it's going to come to a time where words are going to start getting released that I think we can't preach too much now because religious people are always so quick to come and twist them. But I really feel the whole council of the word is going to be start getting released with these kinds of things. So when you start talking about the John 17 glory, you start talking about the identity, that's when the Pharisees like, who do you think you are to say you're a son of God? Because that's when they got so mad at Jesus for saying, who do you think you are for being equal with Jesus or being equal with God? And so these things are going to start getting released and they're going to be offense killers if we can really get them in us. Because, you know, Jesus said to Peter, you know, who do you say that I am? And then, like I said earlier, Peter had the revelation that he was the Christ. 
And then it's going to come to the point where we say to our neighbor, like, I can, who do you say that I am? Do you say that I'm a son of God? And then, we say, and then you say, do you, who do you say that I am? Do you say that I'm a daughter of God? Do you think I'm a son of God? Because that's how serious it's going to get. And that's why religious people, they hate that stuff, because they're always trying to put you back in the old man. Are you going to see your brother and sister with divine identity? Or are you going to say, oh, that's the carpenter from Nazareth? Because they're trying to, they try to do that to Jesus. Put him back in that thing. And it's so demonic because that's where all the power comes from. So Shane was talking about this earlier too, about the world's waiting to see the sons and daughters, the manifestation, the end times church. In the Old Testament, everyone was waiting for the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So now the world is waiting to see people who have that identity, a group of people who aren't offended that really have this divine identity, the same hope and anticipation that Israel had for Jesus, and you can feel it, you know, religious people don't like it when you say this, but in this end times thing, there's going to be this hope and anticipation, I don't even people know they're going to have, it's going to be for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God, because they're going to be walking in everything that Jesus walked, and they're not going to have any, any residue of the old man, and I want to get in, that's one of the last things I'm going to preach about about being crucified with Christ and what that means and how we walk in all this stuff. Okay, yeah, I got to that. Okay. So being crucified with Christ and how this divine nature works because a lot of people think, well, I'm crucified with Christ. It is finished. And actually, you know, that's... When people say, Jesus did it all, it is finished, the actual thing that you would say is like, get behind me, Satan, because I have to pick up my cross now. That's the divine nature that I need to have is get behind me, Satan. Nothing's finished for me yet. I got to go get my cross. The same thing that Jesus said to them. So crucified with Christ. Paul said this in Galatians. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. So he's saying... My old man has been crucified with Christ, but hey, I'm still on this earth. So that means there's still a struggle and a battle going on. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith. So I still have this flesh that I'm battling. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So here's the battle that we have. So I'm crucified with Christ. What does this mean? It doesn't mean anything's finished for me, because he's just said, nevertheless, I live. I'm still here. What it means is this old man that I had who never knew God and never had the Holy Spirit, had no access to God, now has access to God because that person's dead. So my spirit's now alive. God is spirit, so now I can commune with him. That's what it means to be crucified. Now I have access to God. And then it goes even deeper. So now that I was, my spirit man's alive, I can hear from God. He can start to tell me things about this old man on the altar and any mindsets, any wounds that are going to affect this new man that I have. Because I've heard other pastors say, like, I'm not an onion. I don't need to get peeled open and dwell on the past. And no one's saying dwell on the past. But we got to kill this pride and admit 
I was in the world for X amount of years, so that means the devil was my daddy. Everything I learned was how he operates in the world. Because God actually had to rebuke me like a month ago. You remember when Shane preached that message about, or no, he didn't preach it, but he read that chapter about Jezebel. And I was like, oh, I wonder who's got the Jezebel spirit. And God is like, you were in the world for 28 years. You were eating, drinking and eating from her table. So you got to go inside and figure out where the Jezebel spirit's inside of you. And I was like, ooh, that's true. Because every single one of us came from the devil's table, all the mindsets, and now God plucked us from that table, sat us in heavenly places and says, listen, son, now I'm going to talk to you about those things that you might still be carrying. Because anyone that says it's finished, you say, get behind me, Satan, because I got things that need to fall off me if I really want to walk this thing out. So God speaks to us. He says, okay, here's this mindset. And then here's where the battle comes in. Because pride says, what, 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 what? And then the old man's resurrected and God can't talk to him. Because he immediately starts to justify himself. And that's the whole thing when someone has a dream, when someone preaches a message. <clears throat> we, it's, on, it's, a, it's hard work to the flesh. Okay, my old man's dead. Let me go as a spirit man and talk to my daddy. And he's going to show me things. Don't get offended and resurrect that old man because he can just wash it off. Like that's how he begins to clean us off is when we can receive those things and not, but, oh man, and, and I'm not going to say we don't have an hour or two or a day sometimes where you're wrestling with God, but it's this just, it's so much easier just to give up and say, okay, you're right. That's the dead man. Why do I have any soul tie with him? All right, Father, what is it? And then once you start building a testimony of that, then it gets so much easier when people come with dreams, when people come with correction, then, then all the good things start coming too because you can really trust that what's being said is, is the best thing for you. Um, and then another thing about, this is the last thing I want to touch on, another thing that I think the heresy hunters won't like with the whole crucified with Christ, it's finished, is transformation isn't instant. You don't, the, the instant part is now you can talk to your daddy like that. You can go from sin, he plucks you out, and now you have this relationship. And this is the instant part where even after you've been born again and you sin, you can instantly go to the throne of grace. That's the instantaneous part. The transformation, if you look at all of Jesus' parables, it's about gardening and things that are growing and starting as a babe and going from milk to meat. So there is like a... There's a process going on. So, and the devil tries to beat you up because, oh, I don't have this, inst I've heard of a, someone gave their life to Christ and everything got in line in one day. And it's like, they might have got delivered from a few things, but the mindsets and the soul ties, those are the things that take time. And so that's the number one thing I want everyone to take from this is the receiving of his word having that whole vision of how it works. God speaks to my spirit, and now he's going to show me the things from the old man that I did, or that I'm carrying with me, and he says, now I'm going to turn the fire up on it, so I can purify it, and just let it happen. Don't resist it. 
Amen.